Why, why'd you, why am I doing it? Yes. Doing what? Robbing a bank. Oh. Uh, what? I, I don't know what you mean by that. I, I'm robbing a bank because they got money here. That's why I'm robbing it. No, no, what I mean is, why do you feel you have to steal for money? Couldn't you get a job? Uh, no. Doing what? You know, you know, you gotta get if you if you want a job, you gotta be a member of a union. See, and if you're not, if you've got no uh, union card, you don't get a job. What about non-union occupations? What's wrong with this guy? What do you mean non-union? Like what? A bank teller? You know how much a bank teller makes a week? Not much. Not much. 115 to start, right? Now you're gonna live on that. I got a wife and a couple of kids. How am I gonna live on that? Uh, what do you make a week? I'm here to talk to you, Sonny. Uh, no, well, to I'm, talk I'm talking to you. What is up, everyone? Welcome back to Retro Movie Podcast, a podcast where everything is connected. I'm your host, Jacob Thompson, and joining me is my co-host, friend, and the person most likely to say he wants to run away to the country of Wyoming, Alex Perkins. Perk, how are you doing tonight? Uh, I'm well, thanks. Um, I, I hear Wyoming's beautiful this time of year. So have I. It seems like a nice, a nice place to go. Yeah, I don't. Uh, I don't knock you for it. Country of Wyoming. Mm-hmm. What uh, what continent is that on? Space, outer space. <laughs> it's, it's on the moon, actually. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> uh, welcome back to the show, everyone. This is the podcast where every week Perk and I review a movie connected to the last one we watched. If you like our show, we post pretty much every Friday uh, on YouTube and podcast services. If you like our show, tell your friends about it and come watch some movies with us. Uh, Two weeks ago was our last episode, and we watched Cholet, which was an Indian Western, and that came out in 1975. So we were like, what other movies <laughs> came out in 1975? It was it was a loose one. All right, it was a loose connection, but we had to kind of get back to the States. Uh, so we watched Dog Day Afternoon. Perk, why don't you intro for us? Uh, yeah, so Dog Day Afternoon is a 1975 joint directed by Sidney Lumet, starring Al Pacino and John Cazale. Uh, it is the, at least it's based on a true story of a real Mm -hmm. bank robbery that actually happened. Um, and starts off with, with the bank robbery and then things go awry and, uh, the whole movie takes place pretty much in this bank with, uh, Pacino and and Kazale trying to figure out what, what's next. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, some fun facts for you. Uh, Al Pacino originally accepted the role as Sonny, but then backed out because he was so tired and depressed uh, and just beaten down from filming The Godfather uh, as he's a method actor and, mm-hmm. and that's a, a very involved process. And the things that he would have to do to, uh, to play this role um, were pretty outlandish, which... You know, like only sleeping a couple couple hours a night, pretty much starving himself, uh, cold showers, that type of stuff, just to kind of always mm-hmm. seem on edge. That's that's what he did for this movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, he ended up back in the starring role because after he backed out, Sidney Lumet offered the part to Dustin Hoffman, uh, and they were big time rivals. So once once he heard Dustin Hoffman was up for it, uh, he said, "No, nah, no, nah, actually, I will do it." I never would have guessed that Pacino and Hoffman were rivals. Yeah, I don't know. That's that's news to me. But I mean, both you know, method actors in their prime at the time. I I guess. 
Makes I suppose, sense. yeah. Um, and then, as you brought up in the intro, uh, the Wyoming line was improvised. Mm. Uh, so the reaction was real because Pacino <laughs> had no idea that the Wyoming line was coming. <laughs> There's a, a, a lot of, most of the dialogue in the movie is, was improvised originally and then added to the script. Gotcha. That's a good way to do it. I, I like that of they're doing rehearsals, improv it, and then they figure out what the kind of the best. Yeah, stuff like, I, oh, I like that. Let's keep that. Yeah. yeah. As opposed to like improving on the day, which can have mixed results uh, at times. But. Right. Well, there we go. Uh, Perk, you watched it more recently than I have. I saw it a few days ago. Okay. Uh, so why don't you go first? What did you think of Dog Day Afternoon? I think it's it's really good. Uh, it if nothing else, it's a it's a good enough vehicle for an amazing performance. Mm. Um, Pacino's absolutely on the top of his game and the movie does a good job around it. It never really drags. It's, it's pretty lean. Um, a lot of tension, a lot of action, despite being in a one room type ordeal overall, just a very solid contained thriller heist movie gone wrong. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm there with you. I, I think we've there's been so many bank robbery movies, <laughs> right? And we we me and you have watched a lot of them. And um I think the reason this one stuck out to me was I just everyone in the scenarios felt more realistic than we normally get to see. Like especially the hostages, how they're initially very scared, understandably so, and like anxious, but they kinda of start to relax as they're like, Okay, well we're gonna be here a while and like Sonny's not that bad, like him and Sal are, are not really hurting them at all and they're treating them well and they kind of are also kind of fighting for sunny at some points um and then i really like the dynamic of the crowd coming and rooting for him as well when he's kind of explaining like how shitty like just society is right now for people like him and um i i was (laughs) so surprised they actually because how many times we've seen a movie like this like i want you know a car to get me to a plane you know to fly river like that's that's a pretty common demand but i feel like we never actually see them get in the car and get to the airport like this is the farthest i've ever seen that go which was i mean they didn't get in the plane but like i was like wow this is actually happening like they're actually going there and i think it felt again realistic because as they're driving like the crowd's like throwing bottles at them and stuff and i don't know there's just a lot of little touches in here and the dialogue as well that just everything felt a lot more real and like, the sense of place was very heightened and i really appreciated that yeah i i agree i mean Obviously, with the the heist gone wrong premise, it's like, oh yeah, we we've seen that before. But you know, at some point, had we seen that before? I I don't know. <laughs> Obviously, they've been doing heist movies since the beginning of time. But this is a little different. Like bank robbery gone wrong. I I don't know if this was a thing. Maybe this movie would set the bar for that. Maybe it was mm. a pioneer in in the genre. Um, and. Yeah, like in, in the first half, it kind of felt a little bit like, okay, yeah, I, I know this kind of story. And then at the at the midpoint with the twist, when he has them bring his wife and his wife mm-hmm, ends up mm-hmm. being Leon. Oh, mm-hmm. no, we haven't haven't seen this. Yeah. Yeah, which is really cool to see, honestly. Like, I mean, based on true stories. Like, right. These are some real people. So it's not like people. it was a, a concoction of the writer or director. This is just this is actually what happened. Yeah, and it was it was really like cool to like see like trans representation. I was like, wow, like back in 1975, like they're like w- Hollywood allowed this movie to be made, <laughs> like as yeah. uh, what the story as is pretty much. 
Um, and that was a yeah, really interesting dynamic. And I really liked kind of the gay community coming to like show support for Sonny, you know, and all that. And it's, and like, I love how we learn about each character like very slowly because they, they know you're going to be with these characters for a long time. So they don't have to give you a lot of exposition up front. Right. Like they can we kinda, can take the movie to yeah, learn about breadcrumbs them. for sure. Yeah. And it's just very satisfying to get these little like hints. Like I, at first I thought that he was lying about being a Vietnam vet just to try to like scare the police. And then we get him like flipping the rifle, like trying to show the um, hostages like how to flip the rifle. And it's like, oh no, like he actually was. And then we get a conversation later with his mom and stuff like that. It was just really, really cool to like learn mm-hmm. about them as we progressed. Um, as you mentioned with representation, I thought, yeah, I agree with you. I think it's for a movie that came out in 1975. It's kind of crazy because obviously you've got you've got people out there, you know, demonizing. Sonny and Leon, but neither of them are caricatures. Neither of them are like blatant stereotypes. And yeah, for like the pretty weighty discussion of LGBT topics they have in this movie, I think they handled it pretty well. Yeah, they handled it like with respect. Yeah, it wasn't like a bit of a joke. It was like, yeah, Yeah, these are people. And like, look at this person who's very obviously crazy or you know, Mm -hmm. very obviously a monster. It's it's not like that, right? And also just the complexity of like. Sonny having like a wife and kids and then also and then kind of leaving her to be with Leon. And then that is also causes stress. And the whole reason he's doing the robbery is to get money for Leon's operation. So like, yeah, I don't know. It, it was just very refreshing. Like, <laughs> yeah, see like right? very like solid, like gay characters that that's not like their, their entire uh, character in the movie. Right. It's like that. That's part of it. And adds so much, um, and yeah, it was just, it was very refreshing. And there are a lot of movies from this time and before that have not aged well for mm-hmm. how they handle some different groups. And, um, and I, th- I think this movie holds up extremely well under scrutiny. There's yeah, not, 100%. there's almost nothing in the movie that would be like, oh yeah, you can't say that now, you know, or, oh, we can't, can't do that now. Um, at least as far as I can remember. No, I, I didn't catch anything. Yeah. I mean, anything that happened was within what made sense. Like when he, after it comes out that he's uh, he's gay, like when I think the doctor has to come in, he's like patting him down for weapons and people are like whistling at him. Yeah. It's like, yeah, I believe people would do that. <laughs> like that's that's not like people are would be assholes about that kind of thing. No, but even uh, like even within the fact that, you know, two of the central characters are uh, LGBT, they didn't even use like the obvious slur, which yeah, that's true. was incredibly flippant. It even, I mean, it, it's in the, in the hangover in like 2010, man. Like, <laughs> we don't talk about the early 2000s, all right? It was, <laughs> it was, it was, it was definitely <laughs> okay to say that in movies at the time, but they, yeah. uh, there was some restraint there. Yeah. Um, and when speaking of Leon, just like all the phone calls, that Pacino has at the end are just like incredible. Like he has a really long phone call with Leon and then he has a phone call with his wife. Um, and they just let, they just kind of sit on Pacino for a while on some of those shots and just him either like trying to get it, like trying to get a word in with his wife or him just trying to explain himself. Like those are just, it was really a nice change of pace to have him like sit down for a minute and just talk to people and then kind of get back into the action. That was so well done. And you can tell, too, during these scenes, he's more than at his wit's end. Yeah. 
in this case, as a method actor, probably literally he was already mm-hmm. at his wit's end. So mm-hmm. it uh, it comes through so well in the performance. And you're right, you get those those smaller moments where it's you're just looking at Pacino. It it uh, it's very powerful. Yeah, yeah. And then also one of the other favorite scenes was writing the will when he's dictating the will yeah. to uh, I'm forgetting her name to write it up. Um, also just like super powerful, I thought, and because he really thought he's like I think I might die and like sal's gone at that point sal's just like super out of it um which he was also a really interesting character uh we can talk about but um yeah just the way this kind of movie climaxes i think was was very 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 like well done yeah i agree um you mentioned sal i mm-hmm. so maybe i just wasn't paying close enough attention but sal, sal's still kind of a question mark for me i don't mm. did, did you see something i didn't well, to me, he's someone, you know, Vietnam, I, I was getting like PS, uh, PTSD. PTSD vibe. Sure. Because, um, I mean, I, early on, he's like, it's either a clean getaway or we kill ourselves. Like, this dude is yeah. not in a good place. No, no. Um, not. And, you know, he just like needs this to work. And then you know, we learned, too, he's like super devout, you know. Um, and I don't know. He's just came with someone who's very, very intense. But also, like, in his own way, he couldn't handle the pressure, whereas Pacino, he kind of comes more and more erratic and, like, trying to hold together. Sal just kind of, like, gets quiet. Yeah. And he's, like, can't Kind of recedes within be, himself, which... Yeah, that's what I think. Yeah, recedes the word I was looking for. Yeah, that, which definitely can be a, a way that what you're talking about, PTSD, can be portrayed, I would imagine. I, I think yeah. that's a good read. Um, cause yeah, we're not, we're not given too much on Sal, just he's maybe a little simple and clearly has seen some stuff. So, yeah. I mean, I, I believed at any moment this week he could have shot somebody. Yeah. Like, I a hundred percent was thinking that for sure on several occasions, especially when, uh, at the very end in the car when they're yeah. like, Hey, Sal, make sure to keep your, your gun pointed up. I thought maybe he was going to, you know, have his gun down, hit a bump and accidentally shoot sunny in the back of the head or something like that yeah or somebody else yeah that's potentially a way that that things could have gone i think it it helps to have not known the outcome of the original story yeah definitely and i also just in that moment at the end where is maria gives him the like cross crucifix yeah yeah like that was that, that again just showed that the hostages and them did bond a bit yeah, because they weren't really bad guys, you know. No, like they just, just people, people in a bad situation and and all that. And, and they, um, you know, they robbed a bank, which depending which had on no who money. you talk to, is a <laughs> victimless crime. Right. Well, in the bank. I mean, I did like to speak of like the bank is there's no money there. Like right. the, the guys just came and and pulled it and like the fact they were doing all of this for like whatever it was like ten thousand bucks or whatever. Yeah, I think they needed twenty five hundred bucks or something like that. Yeah, like for such a, a low amount of money. It's like if they would have just got out early, they probably would have been fine. But it just heightened it, heightened and yep. all that. But yeah, I mean, it, it's it, this is probably one of, if not the best, like bank robbery movies I've seen. Because it's just such a good character study and the, everyone feels so real. Like Even like the detective he saw, talked to most of it, Moretti or whatever his name is, yeah, um, was great. Um and him like this little stuff like suddenly trying to pay the pizza guy and like I don't know it's just there's just a lot more character and heart than we normally get normally it's just like trying to be actionier 
suspenseful right. and there's there's yeah. more to this than that there's you're right there's less action and event to focus on so get more fleshed out characters and yeah you're right even even Moretti who pretty clearly like he's pretty invested because this is making him look terrible so he just yeah. wants to make sure this all gets done and then when the FBI goes guys show up and are like cool and cold and like the right. face of evil like yeah. they they bring a whole new presence as well and yeah um yeah i agree with you with you know uh, what is absolutely not a long two hours they are pretty much contained in and just outside of this bank and we get to really delve into our main characters and kind of pick them apart uh in a in a really satisfying way yeah that's great and yeah like uh, when the guys says we'll take care of sal you know like that I feel like when Sonny heard that he was kind of relieved almost. Uh, maybe I'm reading too much into it, but like, yeah, the ways we end is kind of the best case scenario for because, like, for I said, Sal, Sal was definitely. for Sal, like he was like, "Clean get away, or we're killing ourselves," you know. And then yeah. for Sonny having just I mean, 20 years of prison time, which I think I saw in real life, only ended up being five. Um, Interesting. Yeah, I mean, no hostages dying. Like, all in all, it turned out okay. Yeah. <laughs> for the most right. part other than, uh, other than the circumstances <laughs> other than sal passing away but yeah um yeah it's a great movie i'd recommend this to pretty much anybody absolutely I think. I think it's a really really great do you want to do um, that thing where we recommend similar movies because like for the first time yeah. ever i have like a bunch <laughs> oh rattle moth i mean i just like other there are a lot of bank robbery type movies that uh like i'd say the place beyond the pines uh yep. hell or high water yep um I think a great companion piece to this movie would be Reservoir Dogs mm. because this movie is entirely the heist gone wrong. Mm. Reservoir Dogs cuts out the heist gone wrong and is just the aftermath. <laughs> mm. So uh, maybe do a little double feature where because <laughs> so Reservoir Dogs starts off at a cafe with the whole gang and and then it hard cuts after the fact. Uh, at the meetup afterward and everything has gone wrong so maybe you watch the cafe scene you watch all of dog day afternoon and then you go back <laughs> and watch the rest of reservoir no, I, that's a bit of a stretch but um yeah if you want to see the almost like the the negative of this movie mm. um reservoir dogs is a good show nice um yeah for me when i was just thinking about new york and it's super hot and I recommend it like a million times now, but uh, Do the Right Thing was what came to mind again. Yo, just, I, like, I had the same thought. I had forgotten. But yeah, with the with the heat, with the yeah. no AC, everybody sweating, I definitely got at least the same, a similar atmosphere to Do the Right Thing. Yeah. Well, and even just like the opening credits of like Elton John playing and like kind of showing the city um, just kind of reminded me of a Do the Right Thing. So I've, we've said it a million times. If you haven't watched the movie yet, yeah, you, you listen to this podcast, what are you, gotta, you doing? <laughs> you got to watch Do the Right Thing. Slow yourself up. Yeah, what a what a great time. Um, before we reveal what we're watching next week, we gotta do our bonus reviews, and we got we got some to talk about. Uh, Perk, should we talk about the movie we both watched first? Well, let me let me tee it up because my tee rewatch in advance. Um, so because we uh, Jacob and I both saw, uh, spoiler alert, Asteroid City. Um, mm-hmm. In the lead up, I rewatched the French Dispatch. Mm. Um, which was uh, Wes Anderson's most recent film before Asteroid City came out in 2021. Uh, 
I love that movie. The it's just it's Wes Anderson at his most Wes Andersony because it's a it's an anthology. There's some animation in there. Uh, just small stories, incredibly highly stylized. Uh, all of the stories are very entertaining and just really awesome, well acted and and well drawn up. Uh, having watched it this, because I think this is the first time I watched it since maybe I saw it in a theater. Mm. Oh, 2021? Yeah, maybe. That would have been, I think it was the fall of 21, so theaters would have been opening back up. Um, it was uh, definitely helpful this time to have subtitles, specifically yeah. for the French Revolution scene, uh, the kids' revolution. There were there were a few things in that, and and also the ability to pause and read what was on the screen. There were definitely things that I might have missed the first time around, but um, it was a lot easier to comprehend when I could kind of go at my own pace um, at yeah. home. People people talk very fast in Wes Anderson movies. Yes, yes they do. <laughs> um, and yeah, I, every every one of the little uh, anthology stories is great. We I think we are in agreement that. The Jeffrey Wright uh, kidnapping yep. with the chef is is it's the peak. It's yeah. just so good. It's just perfect. And then when it works into the animation in in the chase mm-hmm. scene, it's just so awesome. Yeah, um, yeah, I love that. Jeffrey Wright is my new favorite Wes Anderson uh, mainstay. <laughs> he is, yeah. He's awesome. Getting a little ahead of ourselves, but uh, agreed. <laughs> um, yeah. So French Dispatch, really good. Big fan. There we go. So yeah, Perk and I uh, went to Asteroid City, not together, unfortunately, but uh, we both saw it. And uh, yeah, I mean, I can go first. I sure. I really, really enjoy this movie. I minor spoilers, not really, because they tell you immediately. But like, I didn't realize that this was a play, or within the universe of the movie, Asteroid City is a play that is taking place. Um, yeah, in which typical Wes Anderson form. It's we're being told. It's a documentary made about the <laughs> making of a play that we also see because it's made for TV. I think it's just there's a lot of it's, layers of abstraction. Yeah, and that's where I watching this movie again with subtitles would be very helpful because um, there's a lot of stuff in this movie I feel like I missed and I need to rewatch to check for incongruities and Easter eggs and stuff. But um, once I once it says at the beginning, oh, it's a play, I was way more in because just from the trailers, the setting wasn't really doing it for me. Um, but yeah, once I heard it was a play, I'm like, okay, now I'm in because they're going to do something interesting with it. And they do. I think this movie is very, very cool. Um, I, I'm very impressed by Jason Schwartzman and the lead. He's often a background character or maybe like comedic relief in Wes Anderson movies. And I thought he just killed it as the kind of the main character here and, uh, the main point of perspective. Um, and of course the rest of the cast is fantastic too. But, um, yeah, very quirky, very weird, a uh, lot of hidden stuff. And even the theme, I'm not really sure right now after one watch what, what Wes Anderson was trying to say with this movie. But um, I really liked it and definitely want to see it again. Yeah, uh, we, we're we not going to discuss it because it's part of the climactic scene. But there's a certain chanted phrase, which I am mm. still going over in my head and I'm not entirely <laughs> sure I know what it means, but I, I have some theories, but um, yeah, love this movie. Uh, you're right. Jason Schwartzman kills it. I think it's interesting because Wes Anderson has such a particular 
style that you, you you're never really sure if a actor is going to be able to fit well in that mold. Mm-hmm. Tom mm-hmm. Hanks, perfect. Uh, yep. Scarlett Johansson, amazing. She was mm-hmm. so good. Yeah, uh, I think. This might be her first live action appearance. I think she voiced one of the dogs, Nile of Dogs, but mm. um, yeah, she was great. Their their whole the discussions between the windows, yeah, so awesome. Um, like I, I don't want to get in too deep, but really, this is a great, great movie. If you if you like Wes Anderson, yeah. If you don't like yeah. Wes Anderson, you will probably hate this. It, it's going to be a, <laughs> a very binary movie. Um, and I feel like kind of all of his stuff is that way. There, some of it's approachable. Like I feel like most people can get behind Grand Budapest or the animated ones. Mm-hmm. But um, I, I, I'll push back a little bit. I feel like French Dispatch, in comparison, like is a lot. Like that movie's a lot to keep it track of, and it's is. three yes. story. I feel like this movie at the end of the day, if you've ever been on vacation, I feel like you can relate to this movie of like. A bunch of kind of random people in one spot and everyone's kind of got their own thing going on and there's kids running around and you know i I think i think there's something there for for a lot of audiences just for the general story of it maybe like the cutaways to the the quote-unquote real light real world or the production is a little bit hard to parse even for me it was kind of hard to parse sometimes but i think like the the core asteroid city stuff is not too bad yeah that's fair but also i i love that that extra layer um, with with Adrian Brody and just uh, watching Jason Schwartzman um, through the fourth wall. Also, the the one scene which I won't spoil, but you you know the scene I'm talking about, um, where it's it's right at the climax, involves a conversation across mm-hmm. balconies. Mm-hmm. Um, I was like tingling. I don't even know why. <laughs> it's not like anything was all too amazing about that scene in particular, but just the way it was put together, the the overwhelming quiet uh, and and the just the discussion, the dialogue that takes place, so cool. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I want to give a few more shout outs. Uh, Jeffrey Wright, we already mentioned, but he's got a small part, but very good, very funny. Yes, <laughs> his speech, uh, awesome. Brian Cranston was really fun to see. Um, Tilda Swinton was. A favorite of mine her character it was, was oh yeah pretty funny to me she was she was awesome and then it was fun to see maya hawk in more stuff i was like oh i saw her recently in another movie and it was cool to see her again as the she was a teacher ah. um and you know lee schreiber and y'all yeah, there's it, it's it's the whole the West Anderson crew here. insane yeah and yeah. then some maybe not regulars like it you would think it, it would end up i mean you know christopher nolan uses a lot of the same people every time but Mm-hmm. Wes Anderson has such a wide um, array of actors that he seems to get along with well. Like, yeah, this movie doesn't even have Owen Wilson or Bill Murray in it, and like those guys are <laughs> always around. So. Yeah, 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 and it, it's just funny because like even like uh, I get his last name right, I always messed up. Uh, Tony Rivoli, who played Zero in Grand Budapest. Oh yeah, um, and he has a small fart. And Friends Dispatch, and then he yep, has a very small the part. Young, the young artist. Yes, yeah, there dispatch. you go. Yep. yep. And he has a very small part in this as well. But it's just fun to see them back. It's like, mm-hmm. it feels like if you get into one, you're, you can just show up on any other one, and he'll throw yeah. a small part your way, you know, which is kind of fun. Yeah, it's, you know, it, it almost is, it's just the pretentious way of having, like, a superhero crossover cameo, honestly. Yeah. Like, like yeah. I, I pop when 
not going to mention because it's hella a spoiler. But when when that reveal happens and it's like, oh, look, look who it is. Like, yep. I yep. pop for that the same way that a lot of people would pop when like Wonder Woman shows up in what was that movie nobody saw? Just Shazam Two. Oh, Shazam Two. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Sorry, spoilers. Wonder Woman shows yeah, up I, for one scene. <laughs> yeah, I think if you've listened to this podcast, you know that. I don't think they really care that much. Yeah, <laughs> that's fair. But yeah, Astro City. I think go check it out. It's a very, Definitely. very cool movie. Uh, Perk, I'll go to you next. You have two left, and I have one. Uh, sure. Right here. Uh, this will be a quick one, but I caught up on the last two seasons of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Mm. Um, it's another, if you like it, you like it. If it's not your vibe, don't watch it. But, uh, I had a great time. Um, just a really funny show, really clever writing. They can keep doing that as long as they want. Fine by me. Um, yeah. Two thumbs up on the new Always Sunny. There we go. Uh, speaking of TV, I watched, uh, I finally finished it. Season two of the bear. Mm. and i know you're gonna watch it so i won't i'll be very careful with spoilers not that i was spoiling anyway but um this fucking show man (laughs) (laughs) this show is so incredibly good and i I was trying to figure out like what it is like what's the x factor a lot of it is they they do such good research on these kitchens and restaurants and make everything feel as realistic as possible from that part of it you know but to me it is it's the dialogue and I don't know how much of it's on the page versus how they deliver or if any improv or whatever. But just when characters are talking to each other, it feels so realistic in the way I can tell these characters are anxious and they're trying to be honest with themselves and and, and be they're trying to be good. But it's really hard to always be the person that you want to be. And they fuck up sometimes and then trying to get back and apologize and trying to get back to where, you know working in this insanely stressful environment, how can they do the best they can? And um, yeah, it's just incredible. And I think this season in particular, massive, massive shout out to the casting directors. There are, there are characters shown in this season and I think they're all cast perfectly. Um, I'll just say, cause she shows pretty quick, especially shout out to Molly Gordon, um, who you might know as AAA uh, from Booksmart. Um, mm. She is unbelievable. Like I, I am blown. I was blown away by her performance, and just there's a lot of people that show up and that are just great. So massive shout out to casting. I think the show is is perfectly cast, and I just I hope we keep getting more because <laughs> I just want to see these characters interact more and um, try to overcome how stressful <laughs> the restaurant business is. So um, yeah, if you haven't seen it yet, I highly recommend the show. It is abs- absolutely incredible. One of the best shows on TV right now. For my money do you think you'll you'll watch it soon yes it's, it's definitely on the list you gotta you gotta do it because we gotta i know no i love the first season this is not like a oh yeah i'll check that out no this is like i'm actually gonna watch it <laughs> and yeah you, you'll have to take some breaks because you know if anybody's seen season one you know the show gets very stressful a little there's, high energy for sure there is one episode in season two that's like uncut gems and i'm just like oh no i i need a break after that <laughs> was a lot um yeah there we go perk what is your final thing you'd like to talk about today yeah so uh while the rules police are asleep i'm gonna sneak in a book review because <laughs> uh, i read a book for the first time in a couple of years it's got a story all out 
Yeah, it, it definitely it has a story. I mean, I like picture books too. Don't come at me. Coloring books, <laughs> they're pretty. They're pretty cool. Get my crayons out. Um, yeah, tangent done. Uh, I read the book. It's called Legendborn. It's part of a Legendborn. Okay. Yeah, part of a duology. Um, it the story surrounds a sixteen-year-old uh, black girl growing up in North Carolina who gets into an early college program at North Carolina um, right after the sudden tragic death of her mother. Uh, And she goes off to this program and gets entwined with um, the mythology is is the Knights of the Round Table is is Mm. where the mythology is based. So she ends up uh, in and out of that world, um, while also trying to like be a teenager who's at early college. So, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. would really, really recommend it. It's very good. Uh, if you're looking for like a YA, um, mythological type book, which I loved as a kid. I mean, like Percy Jackson and oh, don't get me started. Uh, yeah. And the Harry Potter and stuff like that. I'll always love those books. So definitely scratched an itch for me um and yeah really well told deals with uh race in a lot of really interesting ways uh even like fundamental to the story there's kind of a like a through line which i think is handled really well um not it's never preachy it's just straightforward with what the experience is like so Mm -hmm. um definitely i mean if people are looking for a book and you want to like low fantasy mythology type story. Check out Legendborn. Okay. Think you'll do the the second one? Yeah, I think so. Uh, I'm above my pace already because uh, before I read Dune, before the movie came out, it had been like five or six years since I read a book. So <laughs> I'm, I'm kind of I'm I'm up to near my quota right now, but we'll see. Yeah, <laughs> I feel you. Yeah, I've, I mean, all, all I read now is manga, which I don't know if that counts or not. Yeah, sure it does. You know, I throw it in every weekend. Well, nice. I'm glad uh, I'm glad you enjoyed it. Do you think we'll see a film adaptation of this at some point? I don't know. I think it could work. It's, uh, I just don't know if the passion is there for that type of movie anymore after, mm. like, Hunger Games, Percy Jackson. Mm. Yeah. I, I think they kind of flooded the market, uh, Divergent and all that. Yeah, I have to wait a little bit. But yeah, we'll see. But hey, Burst Jack's coming back as a as a show. Yeah, which everyone was asking for. Well, supposedly it'll be good because uh, the author Rick Riordan is involved. Okay. So yeah, the movies crossed. were it can't, not very good. It can't be worse than the movies. The movies are no. horrible. I liked the um, first one, but I was like, what, fourteen? I was. I was so mad they changed the ending. I was I, oh, <laughs> I yeah. was that guy in the audience of like the book's better because they yeah. they changed the ending and yeah, all that. No, nah, the BS second part. one was just trash. I can't believe they made a second one. Honestly, I can't either. Well, there we go. All that right. is our show for this week. Thank you everyone for watching. Uh, next week we're gonna be following Mr. Pacino himself to the movie Heat. Not The Heat. We already watched that with Sandra Bullock and Melissa McCarthy. If you want to hear that review, go back and check it out. I hear um, they're very similar movies. <laughs> they both, both involve uh, police. So, um, 
Yeah, Heat, and that is on Netflix. Uh, so I'll be. Hopefully, you still have it. Hopefully, you didn't rage quit Netflix uh, like I want oh, to do. Hopefully, but they you won't did rage me. quit. <laughs> Screw these terrible, scummy business practices because they're working, insane. and now everyone's going to do it. I know. So, yeah, next week, uh, Heat on Netflix. But until then, thanks for listening. Bye. Bye bye.